0: Hey, future Kelsey here. I have something crazy coming up that I'll be sharing with you next week. It is a free 45-minute training that I'm hosting teaching you the three secrets to landing any job you want, even in a totally new industry. That's right, next week only, specifically on Tuesday, April 27th, and Wednesday, April 28th, you could join me on Zoom for this rapid-fire deep dive into career-changing info that you can't Google. In it, I'll be addressing, one, we all know that networking helps, but how, what do I need to say, to who, why, and what if I hate networking? Is there a better way? I will address all this and more, liberating you to create all the luck and movie moments in your career that you might be hoping for. Two, I'll be sharing that we also all know that tailoring your resume to each application is a good idea, sure, but what does that mean exactly? Two, does it really make a difference? Three, that seems like a lot of work. How can I make it super easy? I'll answer all this and also show you why your resume rarely ever gets seen by a human, the recruiter, and how to fix that so you could finally start landing interviews. Lastly, I'll be sharing the two emails that will change your career, learning how to nearly guarantee you that you'll land an interview for any job you apply for, and make an incredible impression on the hiring manager before you walk into that interview. Even more than these strategies, you will also, just in these 45 minutes, hear the truth behind the two biggest lies that cause you to believe you can't actually go for the jobs that you're really interested in. This part of the strategy training alone could change your career. This training contains pivotal info that has transformed the lives of my career coaching clients, as well as the people that they now serve in their new careers. One thing to note, this is a must attend event. Even if you're not considering getting a new job right now, that's totally okay. These are strategies and truths that I believe every professional should know to feel confident and empowered. So you could strike when the time is right in your career to register, go to kelseykemp.com slash training. Remember, it's next week only. So start typing into your phone or browser, <laughs> um, kelseykemp.com slash training and hit the button at the top of that page to pick one of two meeting times and lock in your spot. You could keep this podcast playing while you take a few seconds to lock in your chance to hear these key three secrets to landing any job you want, even if it's in a totally new industry, this is going to be the highlight of your week next week if you want to feel like you could truly make the career of your dreams a reality. Because from my point of view, hope based in facts and strategies is a beautiful thing, don't you think? <laughs> All right, I will see you next week. Again, that's kelseykemp.com training to register. Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host, Kelsey Kemp. I'm an ex-tech consultant turned career coach, podcaster, and speaker, helping Christians discern their unique calling and create a career that's aligned with it so you could be as faithful and impactful as possible with the decades of work ahead. Here at Answer the Call, we gather around a new topic each Tuesday to help you gain clarity and confidence on what you're specifically called to do with your career, as well as sharing smart strategies to actually help you get there. So today we have a first on the podcast, and that first is that uh, it's the first time I'm going to be interviewing two people together, (laughs) and these 2 aren't just any two people. Today you'll be hearing from Eric and Caitlin Newman, who are two ambitious, thoughtful, very insightful, career-minded souls who have come together to become one of the most godly power couples I've witnessed. And I know that they're going to listen to this podcast, and they are probably cringing that I said that because they're super humble, but they'll just have to accept that I'm telling the truth and they're completely worthy of the compliment, as I'm sure will be your opinion after you listen to what they have to say. I met Eric and Caitlin during my time as a student at Texas A&M University, where Eric served as the assistant director of the business fellows and business honors program which former podcast guest Claire Robbie now fills that position. Of course, like only special people can do that sort of role. And so uh, they're also the type of people that you definitely want to have on a podcast. But anyway, Caitlin, also at Texas A&M, she served as the um, director of the Master's in Human Resource Management Program. So obviously, two very impressive people. And they've Gone on to do even more impressive things, if you could believe it, um, which you will after you hear their story. But in the last three years, they have supported each other through major career moves. And we get to learn how they've created a partnership that allows each of them to flourish both independently and in unity as they continually grow into more of who they are called to be and what they are uniquely called to accomplish according to the giftings and aspirations God entrusted each of them with. And specifically in this episode, you'll hear them share how they made the decision to move from Texas to Chicago for Caitlin's job, and how they continually make big decisions together and how they've learned to support one another in their career endeavors. And another thing, (laughs) you'll get an absolutely fascinating peek into what it's like to date As identical twins, because as it just so happens, all three of us, me, Caitlin, and Eric, are all identical twins and know what it's like to have that incredibly close bond with your twin. So I was naturally curious to hear their perspective on what it was like to have their relational dynamic shift from their number one person being their twin to their number one person being their significant other or spouse. And Lastly, you'll also hear how they supported, uh, now support one another, not just in marriage and their careers, but also as parents to sweet five month old Audrey, who's so sweet, and she joined us for the podcast recording and enhanced the conversation with her giggles, as you'll hear. And one last thing before we kick off this interview, you uh, will hear us talk a lot about how knowing yourself and your own values serves as a necessary foundation for figuring out how to flourish in the most important aspects of your life. And if you want to learn more about exactly how you could go about identifying your top three values and how you could use them to make fulfilling career decisions, then go back and listen to episode 15, in which I show you exactly how to do that. And you could also grab my free in-depth guide to walk you through all the exercises I mentioned and all that you need to know in order to really get a firm grasp on your values and actually use them to make aligned fulfilling career and life decisions so to download that free guide just go to kelsey slash values kelseykempcom slash values and that link is also included in the show notes for this episode so don't forget to grab the guide as well as rate and review this podcast because i would be remiss if i did not ask you to do that so just like yeah rate share share it with a friend um so obviously, I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> just like, let's get it in the ears of more people like you who would appreciate the encouragement and practical guidance this podcast provides. So there we go. Thanks and Uh If you're an Aggie, obviously, you know what I mean. I don't know what I, why I lapsed into that. Yes, I do. It's because I'm amidst the company of these two fine Aggies. Um, but moving on, just go ahead and enjoy this episode with Eric and Caitlin. All right, well, Eric and Caitlin, I am so excited and grateful to have y'all on. I have been so excited and just, I guess I really wanted to have this conversation because one, I really admired the drive and purpose and excellence that you've applied to your careers individually. But to me, even more fascinating is the way that you have really supported each other in partnership and excelled together. So I'm really excited to learn from you in that aspect. So welcome. Thanks.
1: We're, yeah. good to be here. we're excited to be here. Woo! Plus, and we're, we're proud of you for what you're doing mm-hmm. and like listening to the podcast mm-hmm. and hearing our old friends and students that we worked with uh, and you talk. It's almost like we get to hang out again. So it's great.
0: Oh gosh, I'm so grateful. Uh, wow the age that we live in with podcasting and all this I try to kind of disguise that I basically just interview our inner friend group (laughs) and make my network seem much more diverse than it is but I think that's just going to be thrown out of the window and the truth is revealed we actually all know each other Um, you shows you have a diverse friend group that's all it shows oh okay okay (laughs) Um, well I have a couple questions just to lay uh, down a groundwork of like a background a picture of your background with how you guys met what you're up to in your career and all this stuff so if each of you could just give a little blurb about what you're doing now in your career and where where you're living all that
1: sure um well this is eric's voice and uh <laughs> i <Hi, Eric. laughs> <laughs> uh, Uh, We are currently sitting in our relatively new house in Spring, Texas, where we just moved back uh, after spending a couple of years in uh, outside of Chicago, Illinois. Um, Currently, I work as the director of operations for a small technology company, and uh, we're a technology company that helps nonprofits raise more money through mobile fundraising. So um, all of our clients are nonprofits, and that's uh, really cool work that I get to do.
2: And I uh, am currently on maternity leave, um, if if we're talking about exactly what we're doing right now. But actually, um, bittersweet, this is my last week of maternity leave. Um, But when I was, when we were up outside of Chicago, I I work in HR for uh, a large oil and gas company. I was up at a refinery up there. And then um, through, uh, we had our daughter, Audrey, who is now five months old, Mm -hmm. and um, knowing we were... Uh, my next role was in uh, Houston um, at our headquarters and so um, was able to do the move while I was on maternity leave and so I uh, start back up uh, next week in a new role in more of an HR planning type position which I'm excited about and uh, yeah and so we've uh, we've we're we got out of the winters that were Chicago and so um, we've enjoyed this really really nice weather here in Texas yeah
0: Welcome back to the homeland. Yes. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I'm reminded of when Kirsten, my twin sister, lived in Oklahoma. She had this little quote hanging above her bed that was from, I think, Davy Crockett. It's so... Kind of rude, but I think Texans totally get it. It says, "You may all go to hell, and I will go to Texas." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so horrible. Wow, yeah. welcome to this Christian podcast. um <laughs> <laughs> well, we
2: joke because I was born in
0: Chicago, and then really? my
2: twin sister, we were my family, we moved down to Dallas um, when I was like six months old. So we joked that Audrey was in the same boat. We both were born in Chicago, but got to Texas as soon as we could.
0: <laughs> oh, so sweet. Um, now. I'd like to go back a little bit just rewind and give an overview of each of your career progressions from what many of the listeners listeners might be relating to maybe in a early career or college setting like how did you get from what you chose to do in college to right now
2: you know definitely simple right yeah. Very. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, well. So I was a finance undergrad at Texas A and um, because I thought numbers were they made sense and I should do that. But then I ended up getting my master's in HR um, because I realized that people were way more entertaining than numbers. Um, and so decided to go that route. Uh, graduated and then moved out to California. I lived out in Santa Barbara for a bit, um, working for Raytheon in HR. Um, so they're an aerospace and defense company. Really, uh, really had a good time, but then um, <laughs> about very quickly after we started dating, um, funny enough, I got a really great opportunity, a phone call to s- ask if I wanted to come run the master's in HR program that I graduated from not too long ago um, at A&M, so uh, decided to accept that. So um, then was at a and for, I don't know how many years, was there it was three for you? Three years for me. Eric was there, um, and then that's when we took a our next leap of faith and um, decided that I was going to jump back into uh, the corporate sector, and um, we moved up to Chicago. So yeah, that was mine. I bounced around a couple times, uh, a couple different states, I guess, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, life's taken you a lot of fun places. Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated uh, with a business degree from from A and M at the same time Caitlin did, mm-hmm. and stuck around in college station afterwards, not immediately to complete a master's program like she did, but I was uh had an opportunity to stay at AM and work at AM. So I was an advisor and um, uh, assistant director of a couple programs for uh for high potential and high achieving students, uh, which is how we got to meet Kelsey through one of those programs. And um I did that for six years and honestly at that point probably uh Felt like I could have done it for 40 more and had a full career of that and been great. Um, but uh, we and we can dig into this a little bit more. Uh, in 2017, we challenged each other, challenged ourselves to um, look deeper and be open to, change, to a change. And uh, that came in the form of Caitlin's opportunity to uh, jump back into the corporate sector. And that opportunity would have taken us to Illinois. So um, we took that leap and uh, moved there. Uh, and looked for jobs uh, as we were moving and was able to find one pretty quickly afterwards uh, there with this uh, this small technology company. And uh, since then, I started as an account manager there and uh, for a, a brand that doesn't exist anymore because uh, five months after I started there, we were acquired by a larger company and merged with two of our uh, then competitors to, to form the super company doing what we do. And uh, through that all that change, I've um, found myself in a couple of different roles there. And um, Now, uh, as we've moved back here to Houston, the company's bigger and also more spread out and virtual, so I was able to bring that job with me and work remotely out of our home, and um, that's just a, an awesome opportunity, and I can't wait to see where it goes.
0: Wow. Okay. I just put 50 mental bookmarks or open tabs in my <laughs> mind for more questions to ask each of you. Uh, <laughs> but I I think the first one is, I'd love to hear you piece together the story of how you guys met. Like first, did you know each other in <laughs> undergrad? As- yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, our stories were together for a while and then apart for a while and then came back together. Um, we, we were both at AM at the same time. We can't remember the day we met, um, but we're almost assured that it was at a pickup basketball game or a pickup ultimate frisbee game.
2: Well, we have the unique, um, I guess, the uniqueness of our relationship is, you know this Kelsey, but I have an identical twin sister and Eric has an identical twin brother. Um, we have one child, we did not have twins. Um, that was the amount of times when we were in the doctor, we were like, How, is there one baby in there? And they kept asking, why do you keep checking on that? And we <laughs> said, listen, just the odds. Um, but uh, so very easily, if you needed a sporting, like some type of pickup game, you already had four people immediately.
1: If you um, called the Griffin twins and you called the Newman twins, there's your four. You're good. And you got what you need to get a game started. So we're sure we met at some point, probably during our sophomore year, uh, doing something like that. And we were just part of this big group of friends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was a, a great part of our, our college life. Um, I don't think either one of us at that point would have had any romantic intentions <laughs> or thoughts about it. Um, and then we both graduated A&M at the same time, um, both stuck around in college station. Uh, I was working and she was going to grad school. So we had the chance to keep hanging out, uh, a little bit and still nothing romantic at that time. And then, uh,
2: Eric has impeccable timing because Great then timing. I graduated the master's program, moved to California, and that's when he became interested. Um, I came what? back after a couple How months. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> I came back because I had a friend. It was actually interesting. It's, it's funny. Like we think about just the little things that God does to make our stories. And um, I my job that took me out to California, the very beginning, I didn't know a soul out there. Um, so I was, I was lonely. I was, you know, I was get up, go to work, come back, you know, go to bed, repeat. And so I had come back for a friend who graduated the year after me. It was, I was very close with, or two years, I guess, since I was in grad school. Sorry if you can hear Audrey in the background. <laughs> Audrey, Audrey. <laughs> it's
1: a family affair here. <laughs>
2: Um, and, uh, but, and so I decided to come back just because I, wanted to see old friends, and um, it's funny to me, because Eric happened to be at that graduation party, um, just so happened to be, right, yeah. um, and so we ended up connecting outside, and we ended up talking most of the party, um, and then you offered to take me to the airport,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, but then I think I ended up taking a different ride, but you were said, I remember you going, well, we should Skype sometime when Skype was a big thing, um, we should Skype sometime when you go back, and I was like, okay, yeah, well, whatever, um, and then Lo and behold, I get back and they get a text like, hey, Doug, seriously, do you want to Skype? Um, and so then that's kind of how it all began. But I always joke that he had impeccable timing. We were in College Station together for five and a half years, and he waited until I moved a couple states away to pull the trigger, I guess, and ask yep. me out.
1: Yep. great timing. So we started our relationship long distance. Yep. Uh, she was in California, and I was in, in College Station. Actually, she was in such a small town. there santa barbara and i was in a small town college station it took three flights to get there so for our second date Mm -hmm. i flew to santa barbara and took me three flights to get there Um, about four months after our first date caitlin got a call from a m uh, totally unrelated to our dating relationship but um, then ended up accepting that opportunity to come back and we can dive into that a little bit more if you want to but accepted that opportunity to come back. And now we were working two flights of stairs away. So went from three actual flights to two stairs flights away from each yeah, other. in a little different.
0: matter of months. <laughs> That's so precious. I'm slain and trying to recover. Um, but can we just dwell on the whole twin thing for a second? All of Jerry. us are identical twins. Also, the similarities don't stop there. Right. Caitlin, your twin sister's name is Kelsey. Correct. Also, I'm not sure if I've told you, but the my parents were really set on naming us Kelsey. And um, the other one, potentially, either Caitlin or Kirsten. I did not know that. I
2: knew, I knew your twin sister was Kirsten, but I did not know, you know that Caitlyn was an option.
0: That's yeah. awesome. That was the second choice. And so also, I'm not done. <laughs> I <laughs> lived in Dallas. Your twin sister used to live in the house that I happened to rent with two other roommates. Yes. And so I got her mail all the time. That's too funny. She didn't discontinue like a lot of... That doesn't surprise me at all that she didn't discontinue that, by the way. (laughs) No. Um, uh, So it's all just pretty insane. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do have some questions about twin dynamics as relational dynamics and priorities shift, which I know that this is very specific and most people listening obviously probably aren't twins although I do feel like something's in the water or in whatever supplements people are spending way too much <laughs> there's <laughs> a lot of twins out, out there now um, but Kirsten and I get asked a lot questions about like but isn't that weird with dating and whatever so maybe it might just like uh satisfy curiosity but <laughs> what was it like for each of you having such a unique relationship as twins do where it's Typically very close, and that's your person mm-hmm. for for life, really, uh, growing up, and then all of a sudden you have another person oh yes what was that like as things shifted?
2: so it's funny because I feel like we Eric and I probably have different perspectives, and i don't know I don't want to like call it because it's a male female thing, but like I, I do feel like sisters is different different than brothers, so like Eric and Gary were they're, I mean, they're very close, they're very similar, but in college, they started doing their own things, even in high school, I would say, mm-hmm. whereas my sister and I did the same things, we played basketball, we went to AM, we went into the same sorority, the biggest difference we, we didn't, we had in college was I, you know, huge difference, I was a finance major, and she was accounting, so just did awesome. different, difference with numbers, you know, and so for us, it was probably a little more difficult, um, than it was for, um, for Eric and Gary. So I know like my sister and I, we had to talk a lot about it when it wasn't just when we started, it was when we started dating, it was fine. It was more when engagement came. Um, we had a lot of conversations. Actually, we talked a lot about it in premarital counseling. Mm -hmm. We have, we were blessed with, um, two incredible people, which most people listening to this podcast might know with, uh, Mike and Linda Schaub. Um, Mm -hmm. they did our premarital counseling. Um, and we talked a lot about that unique relationship and how that shifts. Um, But yeah, it just was a lot of communications with myself, uh, with Kelsey and then Eric as well, because yeah, you became, you have this one person who's always your person and then you have a new person. So do you have like half and a half? Like how does that work? Like what's the equation? Um, but we talked a lot about that. And, um, I think we were, we were, I was thankful because Eric understood the dynamic. I feel like a lot of people might not understand, like you would understand the twin dynamic, but some people don't. So he knew I still needed, it's different. Like Eric is now my priority um he is it's our family now um and it doesn't take anything away from kelsey but he understood that i still needed that like sister time so um even now we go back to dallas to visit my family and my sister and her husband are there and he knows he's like hey i want to make sure you have time with kelsey so i'm gonna go do this or you guys go on like we were gonna go on a walk with audrey and he was like hey i'm gonna stay back so you and kelsey can get that time so like he I think that was a big piece as I talked to Eric like this is an this is important to me and so he knew to protect it um at the same time talking with Kelsey like there's a new like dynamic where there is some sacred things between Eric and I that don't get shared outside of our marriage like this is ours um and so there's that balance and I feel like it's been it's been easier now that my sister's married but there was a year gap where she wasn't and that was a little bit difficult where she would call and be like why aren't you answering I was like well I'm at home and we're hanging out and you know, I just wanted to spend time with my husband and then she got married and she called me and she goes, I get it now. Um, so yeah, so that was at least ours. It was a lot of talking through it. Yeah. You, but Eric's been wonderful and just like blessing me and just protecting, knowing, knowing that time, like my sister and I, We loved, we were the weirdos that loved to run. And so we would have like sister races. So we would pick a city and go run a half marathon there just, and it would just be us two so that we knew that we would get that time together, um, which is good. And I mean, my sister and I still talk every 15 minutes if you think about it, (laughs) Um, via text at least. And so, um, you know, it's still, but it's also more understanding where it's not a, why aren't you answering? We both have families now.
1: Yeah. I think what applied, what applies for, for anybody who's going to consider getting married and the merging of two families that that really is. Um, it, something that was great for us was, I, I knew before I could ask Caitlin's parents for their blessing, uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to ask Kelsey first, yep. not, not you, Kelsey, her twin sister, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. No, it was and me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was just, um, it was great that we we described the way our friendship started that the four of us were all friends. That's true. Twins and twins, um being friends with each other. And I would say um it, it's been really great into marriage to be to be genuinely friends with mm-hmm. her siblings and her siblings spouses and mm-hmm. and vice versa, that she's friends and I mean just last week Caitlin mm-hmm. went and Hung out with, uh, like, spent the day with my older brother's wife, and it's like there, there's no blood relationship <laughs> there. They're only related by marriage, but they choose to hang out, and that, that really is uh, just a tremendous blessing because, you know, you're going to end up spending more, more cumulative time, even if it's just holidays. But holidays for 50, 75, 100 years, that adds up to more time than you're going to spend with, you know, your old college buddies. So getting to know and be Mm -hmm. friends with and really enjoy time with and close relationships with our siblings across the board has been been a good thing for us
0: yeah yeah and certainly as you said applicable to anyone like holding special the people that we're closest with and like having our significant others get to know Mm -hmm. them as well and invest in those relationships because as you said it's Mm -hmm. almost daunting thinking about it's not just, you know, a Christmas holiday here and there, like this is Mm -hmm. life and it's going to accumulate to a lot. Um, I remember my dad telling me that uh, when Eric
2: asked for his permission um, or his blessing, I guess, more like it his blessing to ask me to marry him, he, he knew that Eric had already gone to Kelsey and I think, I don't know if he asked that, he's like, will you talk to her sister? (laughs) Like that was a question and um, he said, yes. And he goes, well, she's her protector, so if she's on board, I'm, on, you know, and he truly was on board in general, but he, he knew like, hey, if, if Kelsey had a problem with it, then we would be, it'd be a whole other thing. But if Kelsey's on board, she knows both of you guys better than anyone. And so, um, so yeah, but it is, I, I agree. It's, it's nice to, once you become friends with your spouse's family, it just, family dynamics are easy, but that how important it is to develop those relationships. And I think that's important during the dating uh, phase too. Mm.
0: Certainly, and I could relate. Like my twin, we're each other's watchdogs in yep, everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh wow, what a unique situation we're all in. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'm curious. Bringing, I guess, the career element back into the conversation. What? How much was discerning your compatibility in? your career ambitions, a part of your evaluation in dating?
1: That's a good question. And, uh, I think it's a, a smart question to ask. Um, I think for us, uh, one of the things that attracted me to Caitlin and even maybe different, we'd known each other for you know six years before we started dating. And, um, i you know obviously had a new level of attraction to Caitlin as this professional mm-hmm. working person um, that i didn't either didn't have or didn't notice uh, in college and that was um you know we we had we were each making career decisions early on in our relationship um uh, and and i think uh the way more so than making sure that trying to decide hey, could could your career end up in North Houston and Mm -hmm. could my career end up in North Houston? Okay, that's compatible. Mm -hmm. Um, It was less about that and more about just in in that dating, sort of that evaluation period, everything that Caitlin did and how she approached her life individually before and during our dating relationship. And then as we started to make those decisions together, um, I think we found that we were really compatible in how we, approached our work, mm-hmm. that it was important to us, and that we we felt that it was, um, our work was God-given, and our, that we served this audience of one uh, of the Lord at, in everything we did, and then how we made those decisions, uh, as well as kind of big big life decisions, uh, we found a lot of compatibility in how we thought about those things, and that I felt like we could do that together, mm-hmm. um, as well, we I, bound our lives together.
2: Early on, we had we really had to address that because four months into our relationship I get a job offer that takes me to where he is which is super awkward because like I, I wasn't ready to put the pressure on yet right um even though
1: I couldn't guarantee that hey if you take this job and <laughs> yeah. move down the street from me
2: we're gonna get married we're gonna get married we are going to get married I was not dating long enough and I wasn't there either like I wasn't yeah. and so it was this pressure of like I have this opportunity to go to a and i A&M I'm not coming for you mm-hmm. but I like also still care about you so I don't want you to think I'm not this is now an awkward conversation, even yeah. though there's some of his family who believe that I took the AM job uh for him. Um, but uh no, I and that was the thing that we had to work work through. And I remember Eric saying, like, you need to make that call, the decision on, you know, you know, for you because and you you were very blunt with me. You're right? like, because if our relationship doesn't work out, like I don't want you to be in college station, you know if it was for me. And I remember saying, no, I agree. Cause I'm not going to, I don't want to move to call station just because like, Hey, we're, this is relationships going well, but we're still so early. So I had to fully make the, con- the decision on my own personal individual career. Um, is this what I want to do? Um, and so that was nice. Um, we've talked a lot about how that was nice for us as we both were individuals, you know, with careers or any, you know, we had established selves so that when we came together, it wasn't like we were looking for the other person to, fulfill us, and, you know, make right. us, make us, or we weren't looking for that, I mean, we both had our own sets of pots and pans, that's how you know how adult we were, um, <laughs> we didn't even have to register for that when we got married, uh, we had two sets, um, but yeah, so we weren't looking for the other person, or we weren't, you know, I feel like so often, it's like, okay, you graduate college, so I should get engaged, I should get married, I should buy a house, I should have a kid, and I think the thing that was nice for us, is we actually had the opportunity before we got, before we even started dating, of like, no, we're going to go be our own person Mm -hmm. I'm me in California you in college station Mm -hmm. and then we're going to come together and figure that out to you know in a different way
1: learn learn those lessons of the early 20s individually not that that's the only way to to do it but um, I'm really grateful Mm -hmm. for that that time I I don't think I don't think I yet would have been the person that Caitlin Mm -hmm. wanted to marry had I not gone through you know those four or five years Mm -hmm after college being single.
2: Yeah. Well, and I wouldn't have had the experience of getting to go maybe to California if we were dating before. Right. It might have held me back, not in a bad way, but it might have it would add another dynamic and uh, of maybe I don't, maybe I accept a job in Texas rather than going and you know, going to California, which was a place that really refined my faith because I wasn't in the Christian bubble anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had to, I found a really great group of girls at a church and became very close with them. And I believe, I mean, that's when my, my faith was strengthened significantly. And I think, you know, again, if Eric and I were dating, I might not have had that opportunity I would have maybe said okay let me play it safe and I'll go to Houston um, rather than like let me take this leap of faith and then which also you know later down the road probably added to our ability to say hey let's go create let's go on an adventure let's move to Chicago yeah Um,
1: yeah it's funny as you look back at your life you see how God was putting the story mm -hmm. together we never had to have the conversation about okay when, when is our relationship serious enough to make sure that we're going to end up in the same town? Because God just put us in the same town mm-hmm. in his timing uh, before we were ever even considering that. Um, and then we, we, you know, we look at where we were in 2017 with an opportunity to move across the country uh, with work being the main driver of that move. And for me, that was brand new territory. But I was so lucky to be able to lean on Caitlin, who God had given that experience to. On a, uh, with lower stakes with it just being her um, right after grad school to be able to have when she had her opportunity to move across the country for work and it worked out. And she she kind of knew how to navigate that and really, you know, we leaned on that experience a lot as we made that decision and then made that transition um, a few years ago to make that the successful move that it was. And so you, know, you look back on how God provides these little things along the way and it gives you faith for that he's doing the same thing right now for whatever's going to come in the future.
2: Mm. That's probably more than you were looking for in that question, but you know,
1: no
0: no 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 never because <laughs> I uh each of you just have a treasure chest of um I I almost said like Instagram quotable content, <laughs> but that's like to demean it too much. It's more like CS Lewis rivaling Whoa. Whoa. no
2: no no go back to the Instagram millennial
0: thinking... more, more, more comfortable with that comparison <laughs> okay. for sure. You know it's true. Oh. Mm. okay, I I'm curious to dig into how you made the, what I assume was the difficult or maybe not difficult decision, but it certainly required thorough conversations, I'm sure, uh, to move uh, for Caitlin's job to go to Chicago.
2: Well, yeah, started with the challenge, I guess. We both,
0: we both were, we were in jobs that we loved and we both had the conversation
2: of we could stay in these jobs for as long as honestly, like for the next 40 years. And we loved them. Um, I think that was the part for me, I know myself is I wanted to be, I'm like, I like to be challenged. And I came back, to, I had a few goals with the master's program that I wanted to do um, to make it in my mind a little bit better and grow it. And I kind of checked those boxes. Uh, and so for me, it was, what's the next challenge, which it's a good and a bad thing, because I, you know, I need to make sure that Uh, there's a balance there, but I kind of was trying to figure out what was next, and, um, and Eric was in a role that he loved, but there was also, like, what's next, Um, and we both, I remember it was, like, over the holidays, we were kind of, and it kind of happened when there were slow times in the, the, in a college, you know, setting, you have summers where it's quiet, and winters, and so it led to a lot of good conversations of, okay, you know, where do we see ourselves in the next five to ten years, and, um, and then it became a challenge where Eric said, why don't we both in the next semesters, the next six months, five months, we both need to apply to, I think you said three jobs or something? So we need
1: to apply, each need to put in three applications, and we need to have an interview. Yeah. We each had to have an interview yeah. before uh, before June of 2017. So it was almost a New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and we sort of agreed, and then this was the kind of thing you talk about, like, uh, complementarianism in a marriage in in, in a um, non-traditional way. I never would have thought this way in terms of challenging ourselves and stepping out in that way uh, without Caitlin's influence. But this was our team New Year's resolution mm-hmm. was all right, it's, you know, we're going into 2017. We both like where we are, but we don't want to become complacent, so yeah. let's make sure that we're open to change by maybe seeking some out a little bit, mm-hmm. and so.
2: I'm seeing what God does. It wasn't like yeah. the, we're applying with the purpose of moving, especially to Chicago. It, I mean, I I, I remember laughing because I, I applied to more than three, Um, and like the first couple were just one of those, like, I can say I applied, but it was I like, really serious? I applied to like Facebook and like Google. And it was just like, we'll
1: see. The CIA, yeah, yeah, FBI, the, yeah, the CIA or the FBI
2: or something yeah. like that, some HR role. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, well, I've done my three. In here Cause are those real three? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> you never know if the FBI calls, if the FBI calls you go. Yeah. Um, and, but I knew that that was like my safety net. <laughs> and then, you know, it was, but then it became, for me, it was, and I,
1: a, I had a different kind of safety yeah. net where I, I got real crazy and, um, Working at the business school at AM, I applied for some jobs that were in engineering and some that were at the a I know, wild. I like, told him this don't all count. All <laughs> the way across campus. So while well, she was, you know, pipe dreaming um,
2: to be a CIA to, agent. Yeah, to be,
1: <laughs> to be the next CIA agent. Um, I'm, I'm applying for the like smallest thing that you could consider to be a change. <laughs> that's, if you know our
2: personalities, there you go. That's <laughs> that's our personality in a nutshell. Um. But it was funny because then, I mean, just lo and behold, I got a call from a friend Mm -hmm. that I went to grad school with who works at, um, funny enough, she works at the oil and gas company I work for now. And funny enough, we are now going to, when I go return from maternity leave, we're about to be on the same team, um, which is awesome. Uh, But she happened to call me and say, hey, do you know of any uh, people who were looking for experienced hires? We usually don't look for experienced hires. So looking for someone in the five plus year range. And I said, what about me? She goes, haha, what? And I go, no, I'm being serious. And so that kind of kicked it off, and that was the first like real, real one. And it was a longer process to where the interviews. It was long, long process. But you know, we knew in. I mean, I started interviewing in like February, mm-hmm. and then we knew in May. And again, we thought, oh, Houston, okay, so we'll have to make a decision of.
1: Yeah, you apply for oil and gas. You think you're moving Houston. to Houston.
2: Yeah, and so we'll have to make that call. It's like, if it's gonna be Houston you know, if it was like, you know, somewhere else, probably not, but Houston, you know, then we got to really see, and all of a sudden, they came back, and there's like one small opportunity, one one position that is a rotational position, and it's in Chicago, and I was like, well, they
1: said Joliet, they said, we, Oh yeah. hey, we'd like to send you to Joliet, and Caitlin's answer is, is that in West Texas? Where is that? <laughs> <laughs> and
2: I go, no, it's outside of Chicago. And I was, and we joked about, we knew it was an option. We're like, Oh, that'd be sweet. There's no way it'll happen. So I remember getting the call yep. and walking into Eric's office, closing the door. And I looked at him and I said, I got the call. Like I already knew I had the offer. I just didn't know I had the location. And he looked at me and he goes, Chicago. And I go, Chicago. <laughs> and so that was the beginning of trying to figure out if that's what yeah. we wanted to do. But, um, that was the process of yeah. getting there.
1: And, and then from there, you know, we've got this offer on the table a couple weeks to get back to him. And this is where we started to do some things that maybe not everybody in this position would do. Um, we, we talked to as many people as we could, you know, with many advisors, plans can't mm-hmm. fail. And so um, we talked to people we knew through our community at a and we talked to peers, who had done some made similar moves before we talked with our parents and our families who, who knew us well, um, and just, just got their opinions on it. And then and we finally, well, came. the
2: best part about it was we talked to I mean we talked to people like general Van Alstine, like we talked to the people who we respect more yeah. than ever. And we talked to people from church and our criminal counselors the shops, you know, everyone. And the funniest part about it is it's like, we were looking for someone to tell us not to go. Yeah, We,
1: were looking we couldn't for, find it yeah. other
2: than, you know, like, my mom and Eric's grandmother. I think those were like you. Um,
1: go, no, don't go far.
2: Yeah, don't, no, that's too far, uh, and it's cold, um, but we, it's almost like we were looking for someone to say, don't yeah. go. I remember- So Mike, we had an out. Yeah, Mike Shaw being like, go, why not? Yeah. And we were like, wait, are you sure? <laughs> and then we did the thing, the weird thing that I didn't realize was weird until later was, um, I asked to go up and see the facility. I was like, if we're going to do this, we're going to go together and look, and I didn't realize that was weird until so later, we showed up and went to the refinery and met my then, now, I guess, future boss, who I ended up having a really great relationship with. And, um, and as soon as I walked in, I was like, I knew, I didn't say anything, but Eric could tell. Uh, we walked out of there and he goes, you, you want to work for her? And I said, maybe, um, but later <laughs> on, <she'd>, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then like, yeah, 100%, um, later on, it was interesting. Cause my, she was, she moved into a new position, um, and I'll actually get to work with her again now. And she had said like, Hey, that was, that was weird by the way. Um, uh, not like in a, in a bad way, but in a, she's like, I just have never seen that. Like you guys, she's like, I never, I've never seen, you know, someone who's potentially going to come here with their spouse Come and look
1: at a. Take like, a trip on to, your own. Dime, on your own dime to, And then bring like the fact that I came into yeah. the meeting. Like yeah. I came into the room mainly because I didn't have anywhere else to go. You know, we're in Chicago and yeah. I don't know Well, and else. it was
2: important for me yeah. for you for me to have you see it because it was. I mean, for me, it was an easier leap of faith. I knew what it would be for me. I knew the job. I knew everything. Whereas him, he would have to leave a job he loves for an unknown and so that was important for me and she had mentioned she was yeah it was a little different but it made me realize very quickly like you guys make decisions together and um which was which was neat we talked about it later on when we were you know i told her when we were pregnant and everything and a lot of other things that happened uh along our couple of years up there and she was like well i know that you and eric you know need to decide on these things you know all this it's we kind of established that pretty quickly which was nice um but then at the end of the day i remember we were at dinner and i kind of made it it was you know eric it was a team decision but as the head of our household and as you know in our marriage like i I honestly i needed him to say the words like yes we're going to do this um yeah and he did we were at dinner and he said let's do it let's go on an adventure
1: yeah it became really easy um pretty soon after and the the ultimate thought was you know our job as husband and wife is to help the other thrive and that responsibility as a husband I experience and feel differently than she probably does as a wife, Um, but to make sure that all the people in my household, starting with her, are thriving and um, fully fulfilling everything that God has for them in their life. Um, And it it just became clear that we needed to do something like this for for that to be true in Caitlin's life. So at that point, really easy call. And um, the other thing that really helped is we knew that it would be a rotational position that was you know, somewhere between a year and a half and three years. And so, you know, it felt like a safe risk to take because at the end of the day, if we hated it, we could always just move back. And, you know, A&M wasn't going anywhere. The The Republic of Texas wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> we figured we'd be back someday. So yeah. if we didn't like being far from family or if it didn't work out for either one of our careers, we figured we could come back and, and there would be opportunities here for us. But um, lo and behold, God really blessed that decision, and, um, you know, gave us even more than we could have asked for there. Yeah,
2: it was very hard to to come back. It's still, it's still been hard. I miss our, we had a great group of friends that we um, met up there through a church that we loved, and uh, yeah, we miss them a lot. They became family. They were same life stage and everything. It's funny. We were like, yeah, we'll go up there for two years, and if we hate it, whatever, we'll come back, but Then it was, you know, two and a half years later, we were coming back, not kicking and screaming, but it was, and we have family here, you'd think it would be easy, but it it really, it wasn't. It was hard to leave. Yeah, it was very hard to leave. Not hard to leave the winters, though, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) Not that. I am struck by, and I think that this is one thing that anyone can take away um, this lesson from, but um, I see how much peace and like evaluation, like ability to make thorough decisions was afforded to you by your proactiveness in considering your values and giving a long runway to not wait until you're desperate to make a change in Mm -hmm. your career. Hmm. You thought, you know, I really, it sounds like there's this value that you mentioned to be challenged. Mm -hmm. And I think that I have fulfilled the things that were even my highest goals for my Mm -hmm. current position. I like it here, but, and even both of you saying like, I could stay here the next 40 years. That's Mm -hmm. something that people dream to have, really. And yet I bet even to get into those positions, you got them because of this attitude of being proactive, Mm -hmm. considering your values, what you really want and then going after them Mm -hmm. um, with this piece that I'm going to make a thorough decision. I'm going to allow myself time and not wait until I'm desperate uh, to take anything. It's like, uh, going into a grocery store hungry, you're gonna come no, out with or never, never do that.
2: Never yeah. do that.
0: <laughs> never. Now it's I come home with like th- three things with
2: bluebell because of that. So. <laughs> Great because they didn't have bluebell in Chicago, and I was heartbroken about that.
0: Heartbroken. Um, yeah. No, I
2: like the long runway comment. I'm gonna steal that. By the way, I'll give you credit one time.
0: Oh, um, thanks, Abby, and we'll... Kelsey. underscore the called career. Exactly.
2: Um, no, but it's 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 also it's being open too. I think that was the biggest piece of it is having our hands open to change and not, and realizing, you know, we're not in charge anyways, but yeah. being open to it. And, and also knowing that there are some risks that, that aren't right. That, you know, it's not just like throwing ourselves in and saying like, well, I shouldn't do whatever it's yeah. To giving yourself enough time, be proactive about yeah. it to really know it's the right decision. when we went up there, I, up to Chicago, we knew it was the right call.
1: Um, yeah. Because we had done so much of that thinking ahead of time. It, it almost thinking back on it now with the final part of the decision almost felt too easy. Like yes. if we felt like it should have been harder and more agonizing to go mm-hmm. through it. But you're right because um, you know, really because of people like you, whether professionally or just as part of our life who were um, coaching us through had coached us through that opportunity to really understand who we are mm-hmm. and what the needs of the world are and what our values are and what, what we're best at and what fulfills us in life. Um, you know, those were really, those were things that we brought into the decision already in our back pocket. And so we didn't have to agonize over that stuff, and then make this really hard life decision. It was like, we already, that stuff was already informing this decision that really, once all those factors were considered, was a fairly obvious choice. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't really that agony so uh, you know really a credit to um to what you're doing for you know your clients and and maybe even people who listen to the the podcast but um you know it's that's why it's why there's such tremendous value in that is because it not only can it help you make the right decision but it can help making the right decision be a little easier Mm -hmm. you know a little less agonizing because that um you you don't have to think of it all at once you've already thought about that part
0: Mm, yes and now I'm connecting this back to the paint the picture you were painting and how your relationship formed and uh, kind of a point of success or what set you up for success was getting to know yourself Mm -hmm. before you intertwined your lives and I think that the base lesson here is y'all are just really good at putting the first thing first and the prep work (laughs) it takes to having a a smooth orderly like in priority um method of making decisions Mm -hmm. whether that be should I spend my life with this person should I move and how should I handle my career in the dating process and moves that I'm considering making? How should I handle that once we're married? And I'm also curious about the parenting aspect too now, Um, now that you have little Audrey there in the background. Um, how, How has that stretched your partnership now? And how have you what has worked for you guys in collaborating and adding another aspect to life like how do you prioritize parenting and co-parenting while you're now also still working parents or I guess you're about to come back from maternity leave yeah
2: which man maternity leave is like the hardest job actually in my but I mean it's it's the best and hardest job ever is having a a baby, but it's, it's been a blessing, but yeah, no, that it's funny. You brought this part up because it has led into, even when we were, you know, when we became pregnant and we were talking about what does this look like? What is our timing and everything? And then when we had Audrey, you know, how much even like, or I guess we decided before we had Audrey, like how much time I was going to take off, what that looked like from, you know, I'm very thankful we have great benefits that I was able to take a really good maternity leave um but even from like a financial perspective like you know if I would did I want to take more did I want to take less you know what did that look like and it was a a team decision in that um and you know that again it was a lot of the communication piece of it but uh the co-parenting thing was is huge it's like I it wasn't the expectation that you know I am solely in charge of Audrey and Eric does work you know I, I feel like you know we think about like societal pressure on you know, how, what roles you're supposed to play in marriage. And, you know, that was something that I actually struggled with early on in marriage because you know, this Eric loves to cook. He's a big yeah. listens to food podcasts, you know, um, kind of nerdy with that, which great, great for me because I get to enjoy incredible food. Um, but I always was told like, Oh, I'm the female, like I'm the wife I have to cook. I'm supposed to. And I, but then realizing very quickly when I was trying to force that I was stealing joy (laughs) from Eric because he wasn't getting to cook. And I was, and I was, I'm, I don't mind cooking. I enjoy it, but. And you're good yourself. Um, me, nah, average. <laughs> I can, uh, I can follow a recipe like the best of them, you know. Um, <laughs> but I knew like, I was like forcing myself to do this when I wasn't actually enjoying it. Whereas Eric was like wanting to do it. And so it became very quickly. We realized like, wait, our dynamic, we don't, I remember multiple times Eric's like, stop listening to society telling you you have to do this because I love to do this and it's not a chore. And so that was something early on in marriage, but it led really well into uh, having you know, our first baby because. <laughs> there, I there she is. Is. <laughs> um,
0: She's like, what's up, dogs? Thanks for up? bringing me into the room.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you guys talking about me or what? Um, but she, you know, being able to feel okay. Like I was like trying to do it you know, when Eric went, finally went back to work. Um, which was hard. Like I had this pressure like, Well, do I need to have like food ready for him? And it was like, No, it was a balance. Like he knew I, my job was, you know, taking care of Audrey when he was at work, you know, it was super hard. And then he could come home and he felt like, you know, he could cook. He could he could help me out. And then but it wasn't a it wasn't a thing where he comes home from the office and I, you know, shove Audrey in her in his arms and say, All right, your turn. It's a <laughs> it's definitely a teamwork where even now it's like, you know, naps are are difficult. Audrey's wonderful sleeping at night, but naps, she just hates um but it becomes this thing where it's like okay I got it and Eric's no I got it and we kind of go back and forth of who has it but not because it's because we feel like we have to it's because we want the other person to have a little bit of a break and so it's the co-parenting piece is, is huge for mm-hmm. for us I think
1: yeah um all right, Kelsey I feel like you're kind of getting at this earlier but the all that we've been through you know, we've been married for four years when Andrew was born and that's not an eternity but it's you know, that's thirteen hundred days to figure stuff out. Good and good um, head math. I was
2: about to say good math, man. I
1: mean, don't fact check me on it. Now everybody's going to get out their calculator and figure <laughs> out that it's more than that. But uh, we had we had gone through making decisions about a cross country move and changing jobs, making decisions about you know family and things like that. We had had a lot of practice in trusting one another. Yeah. And that trust really just built and built and built over time to where now a human life can be sustained by that trust. You know, and that's sort of the, the ultimate sign that um, you know, God had been building that in us all along individually, but then also together um, that we felt like we, I mean, you, you never have it figured out and, no. and we're not even close, uh, but um, feeling like we could confidently enter into parenthood. Um, as confidently as possible with with a brand new life Mm -hmm. and um, but knowing that I at the baseline of it I know that she'll do everything in her power to help our family thrive and that she knows that I'll do everything in 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 my reach to help Mm -hmm. our family thrive and you know that Mm -hmm. really um yeah is a great baseline I can't imagine not having that level of trust and then trying to, you know, take care of a baby and have two jobs and move mm-hmm. across the country again and do all those things.
2: Yeah. And well, we're about to go through another learning experience where I'm returning back to work. We've never, yeah. you know, experienced that where we both be working and, uh, and, and you know, and her and our daughter being in daycare and you know there'll be a whole nother shift and so we've been talking a lot about preparing for that what that shift's going to look like so rather than kind of what we talked about before you know rather than just waiting for it to come and saying oh gosh what are we going to do it's we've been preparing for you know quite some time of like okay here's what the schedule will look like this is my type a is coming up here's what the schedule will look like and here's what you know adjustment but also being flexible in that schedule of okay sometimes you know eric can go get her from daycare you know or rather than me getting her on the way home, you know, whatever it may look like, um, because of of being able to to do that. But we we've, we've been talking a lot about that of what that'll it just it'll be different rather than me being at home all day with her, um, and and trying to you know adjust.
0: Okay, I oh I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> for my brain is kind of categorizing them into silos. I don't know if this is helpful or not. I feel like. We're pretty orderly people in the mental arena. Wow. Hopefully, I—I I feel like I just flattered myself up to your level, which <laughs> we'll see. But I—I <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think hopefully not <laughs> too jumping around. But going back to dating, like that was obviously where you started to build trust and get to know one another. So I'm curious I don't know if it's like a obvious like oh you just get to know one another that's mm-hmm. like how you build trust and she's a trustworthy person that's how it happens but how- first was unique in regards to building trust because we were friends before mm, I think okay. that like it's
2: never going to work out perfectly for everybody you know you're going to meet somebody and you're going to start dating so you're not going to have that you know four plus years where you know the person before they're trying to woo you you know I think that was the nice thing I was, I was very grateful for was I got to know Eric before there was any romantic, you know, feelings. So I knew his character, you know, I saw how he treated people. I saw how he treated me, but this was before romantic feelings were. So I already knew, I knew what was important to him. I knew that no matter what God was first, I knew no matter what, you know, that he was, and I knew all these things about him. So we started dating. I didn't, I wasn't trying to like, you know, maybe sift through you know, this like curtain of like, okay, is he just trying to say these things because, you, you know, we're dating or is it, you know, is this really him? it's And so the foundation of a friendship was very helpful and I think unique. Um, but I think even in a relationship, even if it didn't start that way, I think you can still develop that friendship through communication and just, you know, spending time with other people. I think that was another thing is, you know, if you're in a relationship and you spend time just one-on-one the entire time, like you don't see, I think the whole picture, but mm-hmm. being able to see your significant other around their friends and see how they act or around their families or with a greater population, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you get to know them a little bit more. You get to see different pieces of their personality rather than just how they are with you. Um, and that tells you a lot about somebody.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and I think it didn't, once we started dating it, we, maybe maybe it was the age we were or uh, where we were in our in our lives and careers but um, we we weren't really messing around like just trying to date to date. and so i think that gave us the ability to really clearly just have the conversation that needed to be had in that moment uh, or just put whatever it was on the table and say you know what this is this is where we are right now and we need to talk about it um but yeah, that, and the ability to communicate through those things, of course, that's been the skill that's most required um, on the other side of the ring and the white dress uh, as well. But um, getting to have a head start in that while we were dating, I think, was good. And getting to see how she made a big decision about about a a move and a career change, getting to see how she treated her family and you know right before our first date uh, one of her one of our nieces was born uh, on her side and so the reason we were close geographically for that weekend is that she was coming to meet her niece and so getting to watch her be aunt Caitlin uh throughout our time dating uh was was really helpful in that evaluation period or in just trusting um you know, how she cares for others or how she might handle a, a change in her family dynamic. Um, so you, you sort of build that resume with one another um, just through experience. And yeah, sometimes you can fast forward that um, by something crazy happening in life uh, and, and you get to see a lot of it all at once. Um, but but mostly, I think just the patience to let it come as it came and not to um, not to put too much pressure on it uh, really helped us. Mm.
0: I'm curious to just fish around for some more golden nuggets of dating advice, really. Especially if, I i guess, what would you say to the average person who might, I mean, statistically just meet within a dating context, like from a dating app or whatever, where its it's a bit more accelerated and you might not have those like a long runway of friendship beforehand like what advice do you give your friends who are dating sure. that?
1: yeah that's a great question I think um you know any relationship starts with the individuals who are stepping into it mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't just happen in a vacuum so but we we talk all the time about how we were each at you know maybe the the healthiest overall point in our lives as single people, when we happened to start dating, so we weren't necessarily seeking it out. But um, you know, Caitlin had just found herself in a uh, a new geography and had really established herself and found um, found a great group of friends and had really figured out how how do I walk with God in the way that I want to in this new context. And that was really cool to see for her and and at the same time for me. You know, I. It really entered in a new phase of being content where I was and um, being happy. And that was great. Not only because you had two healthy people coming into a relationship, but because that took the pressure off the relationship. I wasn't trying to fill some hole in my heart or hole in my life with Caitlin that there's no way she could fill. Right. And that's how a relationship sometimes falls apart. And And she the same way. And she didn't have some, Deep need in her life that I was going to fulfill. It was just two people living life and happening to enjoy doing it together.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, what he said. But I think also the the thing we were uh, communication is important. And I think we were forced that way because we were long distance, and um, which actually would end up being a big blessing because we we talked via Skype, so you couldn't just stare at each other. You know, you had to actually have conversations and bring up topics and get to know each other and so I think that's another piece of it of even if you're not long distance is creating that space to have those dialogues where you're not just sitting and watching a movie you know that you're going out you know whether it be to dinner or whatnot but like you're going through different pieces of communication rather than just uh, hanging out or watching you know doing that but I also I go back to what I said before is you know hanging out in bigger groups i think that's important in any dating relationship because you're going to really see who that person is with people that they know and with people that they don't know because how does how does eric react to us into a crowd where i know everybody and he might not know anyone at the same time he probably likes to would like to see how i act that way because it's am i going to bring him into the fold or am i going to let him you know you know try to try to swim on his own you know what is that but you're able to see that and so i think that's helpful to see how they react around people and, and, and being in those groups. And you just develop, I think a little mm-hmm. bit more of the friendship. Cause it's not just like the intimate piece.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I, I'm kind of thinking of all that you've shared and the themes of, I, I see how proactive you've been to really get to know yourself, be in relationship, right. Relationship with God function as two whole human beings who aren't looking for holes to be filled by like things that they can't ultimately satisfy like your career is not going to be everything your relationship's not going to be everything and operating from a place of peace and strong foundation in being proactive and considering your values and it it seems like you're just two people that were running towards things that were purposeful and you felt like really aligned with and you just were running along the same same path i that's like well, such a cheesy analogy
2: i was probably uh, running a little a little faster pace than yeah he it. won't he won't actually run with me he gets mad at me um for that because i'm always like hurry up
0: a <laughs> uh, key pick point i'm sure that you had to work for <laughs> <laughs> um but i'm curious about any like final words of encouragement or wisdom that you'd like to share with people who are seeking to be ambitious about finding their unique calling yet also wanting to share a life with someone who's also purposeful Um, and it's maybe looking for that person or evaluating how to build a strong relationship as you both have
2: yeah I mean I think for me it's just it's trying not to force it, I guess, is trying not to make it look so picture-perfect picture, picture perfect and wanting it to work out a certain way. It's like, you know, we would have never imagined in a million years when we were friends in college that we'd be married. It, you know, I remember when we told our friends we, we were dating and they go, wait, what? What? <laughs> what? Newman and Griffin, what thousand? Were? And so it's just funny, like if we would have been looking for that and trying to force it, it wouldn't have been what it was and we wouldn't have had these these lessons. And so, and I think just you know we've talked a lot about from like a a career perspective of it's funny we we have the unique ability that we've both have started a lot of new jobs with you know moving around and doing everything and you know very quickly we want to be known at work too you know there's a balance, there's a line but like being known by your coworkers and being able to develop those relationships um where you know my coworkers, and when i was in chicago they knew i needed to leave on wednesday nights because we had small groups so they whether they were believers or not they knew that i had this thing called a small group with my church um mm-hmm. or they knew like hey i'm gonna leave at this time because i value time with my husband and you know eric's coworkers know like i went into his office multiple times And they knew, you know, who I was and they knew like what's important to Eric outside of work um, and what's more important than work, you know. And so it has developed a good dynamic to where when we're starting a new job, which a lot of people do, and maybe a lot of people you work with are looking to start new jobs. It's, you know, it's getting established, but also like being open and being being known in your in your workplace i think so often and I, I can say this being from hr you know it's like oh you you know keep those things inside it's like no like you you need to be known um, in order to develop those relationships and who knows what kind of impact you would make because who knows if a conversation here a conversation there leads to you know a bigger conversation and um you know a bigger um you know life i guess altering event or whatnot but um Anyway, so that was just something we had talked a lot about was we've had the ability to, and I'm about to do it again, I'm about to start with a new new team. And so being able to be known um, and how important that is with careers, too, of, of what you're looking for. And so, no, I think, you know, going back to the the main part of the question is just being open in, in every aspect of it, but also trying not to force everything to be perfect and picture perfect. It's not going to look picture perfect. it's going to, you know, it's not going to be a straight line. It's going to be zigzag up and down, you know, going backwards, going forwards. And so it's going to uh, look a little different than you expected. And, and that's how it, that's how it works. And um, I'm grateful for that. So.
1: Yeah. I think when you say being open, mm-hmm. I, I think of like bringing down the walls between the different areas of your life, you know, it's so, 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 Um, tempting to just put boxes around my work life and then my home life and my family and my friends are over here in this box. And then, you know, all of a sudden I'm putting God in a box over here and, um, you know, breaking down the walls between those areas of life and really trying to live one integrated life. Is it honestly, that's a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think maybe the, the piece That you just that you describe seeing in us comes from that. That um, you know, I have a day today. Baby giggle help too. Yeah. Uh, But the the day that I have today, you know, I'm I'm gonna there there are some things that God's put in front of me to accomplish and and to um, to move forward. And some of those things are at home, and some of those things are at work, and some of those things are with friends or with extended family. Um, But you know, I'm one person, and we're one family. And um, when Caitlin goes back to work next week, she's really everything she accomplishes in that new role. It, we, it, it's it's for all of us. You know, um, it, it, Audrey is a part of that, and I'm a part of that, and um, and so it it it's all. It, taking the pressure off of it, uh, trying to make each part of it perfect and instead being okay with blurring the lines between um, work life and home life and and realizing that it's all under one walk with God, um, I think just makes it easier to consider those things together. I I don't have to um, think about work and home as competing interests, instead they're working together, right? I don't think about balance and equal time, uh, I think about harmony and how can I figure out ways to, um, you know, integrate Caitlin into my work uh, or integrate work into, into home and, and make sure that we're getting the benefit of all of mm-hmm. it together.
2: Yeah. I, I, uh, Eric has a lot of uh, video conference calls with his team. And so, Sometimes I like to pop in with Audrey, and like she'll make a little cameo, yeah. and then I will leave. But it's like they know who she is. It's and good for
1: my team to see yep. me as a husband and a dad, and not just you know their boss. Yeah, um, it, it's that's a good thing mm-hmm. for them, and and I want to know that about their lives too, mm-hmm. and that that helps us at work, it helps us at home, um, and, and yeah. it helps us in life. Yeah.
2: Well, and it's like it's not going to be easy with regards to being in a relationship, having a career, you know, having family, those things, and that's okay. I think a lot of times we think. Okay, like, if you think about the way we started dating, it was long distance, like, that's not easy, that we could have both easily said, okay, this doesn't make sense, let's just not do this, it's going to take too much effort, it doesn't, you know, you're, actually, because I was my next step, and, like, after leaving California, I was supposed to go to Boston for my next role, Mm -hmm. and so we would have, you know, it could have been easy for us to say, well, this will never work out, but, like, leaning into that and being able to say, you know, um, you know, it it doesn't have to be picture perfect, easy. Like we'll figure it out, and it's like God will make the pieces work work together, and He does. You know, um, sorry, I had to. You know, I'm a borderline feminist, so I had to put in my lean in <laughs> in there for, for you. So. Um, but it's yeah. So, anyways, we've talked a lot about like it doesn't have to. A relationship doesn't have to be quote unquote the easy way. You know, it's it's making sure that you just you know work at it and 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 figure it out along the way. It doesn't have to be figuring it out on
1: day one. Mm-hmm.
2: So, are you using a different term
1: other than easy? Like convenient. Convenient,
2: that's the word. That, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> there are times where life isn't convenient, and those are typically the times to just keep keep driving through because mm-hmm. it makes you think about what's important.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, follow up question quickly. I feel like that would have been a really graceful place to like land the plane, but I'm like, no, I've got to follow <laughs> up. <laughs> got to pull up. Yes. Uh, what is it? that made you decide this is worth it to pursue a relationship with each other when it's definitely not convenient and the future Mm -hmm. is uncertain like the areas Mm -hmm. of convenience that typically push people together or say this is a safe bet to start making yeah we're not there Mm -mm. so
1: what was honestly um I just really liked her. <laughs> it's, that simple. Simple. it's worth it because it's worth it. Right. Um, and the fact that I was willing to have super late Skype conversations because she was two hours behind mm-hmm. me or um, get on a plane for our second date, mm-hmm. you know, that go to that level of inconvenience to continue a relationship really in some ways, that's what told me I was into it. You mm-hmm. know, it, it it, it was less about thinking, am I am I into it enough to make this worth it? And more about thinking, obviously, I'm into mm-hmm. it enough because I'm making this work. Like, I'm willing to go to all this trouble. Yeah. And um, that really, I don't know, maybe fast forwarded the evaluation process, give it a little bit of a shortcut there if, there, if that's possible, um, because it wasn't convenient. So I didn't have to think oh gosh, you know, uh, all I have to do is go around the corner and meet her at this pizza joint or yeah. whatever. And um, do I really want to do that tonight? Well, of course I do. Pizza's great. And it, it's a close walk. But yeah. so being that it was a flight and time difference and all that kind of stuff, um, really had to, it, I, I knew I was into it because I was willing to do that stuff.
2: Yeah, no, I'm the same way. If you're willing to work at it, so that made it worth it. So if I was willing to put in, you know, I could have easily come home, you know, work late, come home and, you know, hung out with friends or just other things. And, and there were times, you know, we, we did, we had a balance there, but, um, instead of getting on a Skype phone call and, you know, talking for a couple hours, but being able to, um, realize like, Oh no, I wanted to make that work. It's the same. I, I thought about it similarly to, um, you know, finding like my being stronger in my faith out in California was, was, it wasn't easy being a christian out where i was people questioned me all the time which i'd never been questioned before growing up in the bible belt um but i realized like oh no like any of the friends i met it's like okay they are true I mean, we are you know strong and they're strong in their faith because they're in a place where it's not easy and so if they're working that hard you know to stay faithful and to be plugged into a church and i want to be a part of that you know, it shows me how serious they are about their faith. And so it's the same thing with a relationship of, it's a similar, you know, relationship with God. If I'm willing to work at it, it's it's worth it. And it shows like that, it shows that. And the same thing with Eric, we're, but we're both willing to put in the hard work and that showed us like, this is definitely worth it. And this is something that, um you know, we want to continue to pursue.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just abundantly clear how many fruits have been produced in your life because of (sighs) you deciding to (laughs) um, consciously choose what you go after, whether that be each other, career moves before you're desperate, Mm -hmm. or a relationship before it's easy or convenient, Mm -hmm. your faith when others around you are challenging it, and it's not just, oh, I just flow and flow mm-hmm. out of church because you know that's just a you're supposed to do that yeah, supposed the to go. South. Mm-hmm. um and i i hope that that's certainly something that i'm encouraged by and inspired by and i i hope the same for anyone listening yeah. So thank you both so much for having this conversation with me and audrey shout out <laughs> to the little nugget in the back
2: she's been great
0: <laughs> she's been playing um she uh
2: definitely uh definitely diaper duty for mom right now. <laughs> Halfway through, I was like,
1: mm, well, she wait on that. She <laughs> wanted to make herself known for <laughs> sure. Yes.
2: So, but we appreciate the opportunity. This was, uh, this was fun for us to to get to do and, uh, it's a, it makes a, a nice Monday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, you know, seeing you where you are and mm-hmm. doing what you're doing, um, you know, that's, uh, we, we take a lot of encouragement out of that as well, mm-hmm. you know, being that in a former life, we were, um, you know, pouring into you and people like you and to see um, not, I'm not trying to take credit for where you are in life. Take the credit. Um, yeah. but, um, but it's really encouraging to see now you, um, you know, paying forward and mm-hmm. giving, um, you know, investing so much in uh, your clients and your friends and the people who, listen to to the work that you're putting out there, and um I don't know I just definitely hope that grows and not you know uh, hope that continues to be a blessing for you like you're being a blessing for others, yeah
0: definitely thank you so much, and I definitely do not in a joking manner whatsoever, want to give the credit because <laughs> whether by example or by words a lot of the things that we talked about in terms of just throwing around the terms values or priorities or being proactive those came f- down from the 10,000 foot ambiguous level into the practical and became a part of my character and the way I lead my life because of how you poured into me and others uh that we know. So I'm really, really grateful for that. And it seems like quite the momentous occasion to be (laughs) having this conversation over a podcast that now is centered around all these deep topics. So I'm really grateful. And uh I'm really not sure how to land this plane. So maybe Mm -hmm. just like I release you to diaper duty. Thanks for that might
2: that might be it. Uh (laughs) Audrey can be the one that to end it. But no we again we appreciate it. It was fun. It's fun also to see you and how you've 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 stepped out of what might have been a oh, standard career path is I should go do A, B, C, D. And you're like, no, I'm going to jump over to Z. And just seeing you thrive is pretty, pretty incredible and a testament to to how things, how we talked about how it's not going to be a a straight line. It's going to be a zigzag. And so you're getting to do something that you clearly are passionate about because you decided to take that risk. But I know it was a calculated, like proactive one. So um, I think that's kind of where it it on for, for you as well as what it seems like. So, but yeah, we're, we we appreciate the, the time and hopefully um, we'll get to chat again soon. Yeah, thanks
1: for letting us be a part of it. Of course, love you guys.
0: Okay, wow, I'm inspired, don't know about you, willing to bet you are as well. <laughs> So I am so glad that you joined us for this conversation. And again, if you want to start working towards um, more of on the practical side of the advice that Eric and Caitlin were sharing, then a great first step is to go ahead and identify your core values and learn how to make decisions that are aligned with them so that you have peace and freedom in knowing that you're making really aligned decisions that are in accordance with who God made you to be and how he made your mind to work and all of those other important attributes. So go ahead and like I said go back and listen to episode 15 of this answer the call podcast in which I go all into what you need to know about identifying your core values and actually using them in your decision making process and then also go and download the free guide that is six pages of goodness as well as 68 example core values that'll really get your mind going on what are my core values which ones really stick out to me so an in incredibly powerful exercise for you to go through. Go ahead and grab that free guide, download it by going to kelseykemp.com values. And that link is also in the show notes. So until next time, go ahead and screenshot and share this podcast with a friend or on your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag me at Kelsey underscore be called career. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Let's get a conversation going. I would love to hear how what was shared in this episode and others has impacted you. And uh, while I'm at it, go ahead and put those nice words into a rating and a written review on whatever platform you listen on. Those are all free, easy ways that you can support the show and get more episodes like this one in your ears in the future. So thank you again for listening. We're so glad to have you here. And thanks to Eric and Caitlin for sharing all of their insights today. Until next week. Bye.